if you have never had a conflict or argument with anyone ever in your life, you can turn this video or podcast off right now. But if you're like the rest of the human race, you may want to listen for the next few minutes. Welcome to In the Meanwhile. Hello and welcome again to another episode of In the Meanwhile. This is Les and Paige Hughes, and we really are glad that you joined us for this episode as we look at how to resolve conflict. This episode is only going to be hopefully just a few minutes, so <laughs> we, could, we could write volumes and add to the volumes that have already be, been written on this, but hopefully we're, we're going to give you some, some help in this area and maybe even do it with a, a little bit of humor to make it a little more palatable. But uh, Paige did, if you're watching by video, you see some stripes on her outfit. That's because she wanted to look, look like a referee <laughs> as we talk about resolving conflict. So, babe, what you got? Well, and we really want to talk about fighting fair when it comes to relationships. And, you know, a lot of people uh, think about relationships as in family relationships. But, you know, there's conflict in, in, in every area of our life, whether it is in the business world or whether it is in family life or whether it's with even your best friend. If you spend too much time with your best friend, sometimes that can kind of get a little edgy. And so what is it that allows us to have a relationship with people um, that can withstand some of the hard conflicts that come. Um, the Bible actually will speak to that. And Les, why don't you share yeah. with us from the book of Romans chapter 12 what the Bible says about working out some of these conflict relationships. Yeah, and, and keep in mind that um, whether it's the Apostle Paul who wrote the letter to the Romans that I'm getting ready to read, or if, if, uh, if, if a passage appears somewhere else where the the theme is unity or harmony things of that nature keep in mind that especially in the new testament context there's a purpose for it mm-hmm. because the the real story of the bible is the story of redemption it's god's story and as a matter of fact i have, have at, the, at the first of these podcasts we've been sharing that they these episodes are sponsored by a, a course that we have that's entitled your story in his story so we'll put a link on the show notes for anybody that wants to look at the story of redemption all through scripture by looking at every book of the bible that's from right. from genesis all the way through through the end of the book of revelation and we entitled that your story in his story because the story of the of the redeem, of redemption is the story of God in Christ and how Jesus came to this world to reconcile a lost and fallen world to himself. So the goal of the new the gospel writers and the apostle Paul and the other human authors of scripture that were inspired by the Holy Spirit, the goal is to point us to him in Christ. And so in that context, here's what the Apostle Paul said. So that's the purpose, but the principles are timeless principles that if followed will prove themselves to be true. So this is from Romans 12, 16. He just said, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty or prideful, but associate with the lowly. 
Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Wow. You know, that is a a real challenge because real people can be real aggravating. Uh, And all through God's Word, even as Les is talking about those 52 weeks of teaching a story from the Old Testament and the New Testament, part of what makes the Bible so relevant to our life is because the characters in the Bible, they have conflict. It's part of our lives. Conflict just comes. And really, one of the things God has just impressed on my heart is when he says they're going to know that they are Christians by their love. And because of the love of Christ and what he's done in our life, we love him enough that we'll love them even when they're unlovely. So we've got 10 commandments on how to fight fair when it comes to conflict in any relationship, parent to child, husband to wife, a business leader to business leader, friend to friend. These principles will apply. Yeah, and um, since they aren't like the Ten Commandments, they're more like strong suggestions. <laughs> right. But they are based on biblical principles like the first one. So here's, uh, here's number one, and they're really in, in no certain order. But the first one is to avoid conflict when possible. That's right. So that did come from the verses that we, we just read. If possible, Paul said, as far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all people. Sometimes it depends upon us, but in a conflict, by, by definition, there are two parties involved. There are two people involved, and you can only really control one of them. That's right. but, but avoid it when possible. And you know something? Some conflict is worth having. Some hills are worth dying on, but, but many are not. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the trick is right. to, to really determine what what are what matters are are matters of opinion that's right and differences of of opinion or disagreements and and what matters you are convictions that you're you're willing to go to the mat over for a good reason but as far as it's possible be at peace with all conflict and some some conflict is best avoided some subjects at a family reunion you just know it's best not to bring up maybe some people you know that it's best to keep them at arm's length. So use, use wisdom and sound judgment when it comes to that. When the Apostle Paul was writing to uh, young leaders of churches, he instructed those local pastors to, and, and overseers to choose people to lead those flocks who were not. The word that he used was pugnacious. Mm-hmm. That means Choose people who aren't looking for a fight. You know, some, you know people that are looking for a fight right. all the time? Listen, when you engage them, you give them what they want. So you just say, it's like saying, sick them to a dog. So just, just don't do that. Don't, don't give that satisfaction, especially over a matter that's trivial. And think, ask yourself this question. In the realm of eternity, how big a deal is this? In the realm of eternity, just how important is this? Well, and when you do have a 
uh, a conflict and something that you need to have a resolution to and you're going to have a difficult conversation one of the things that would greatly be wise would be to choose a neutral field with few spectators <laughs> you know when it's one-on-one -on -one in a place where it's not one home field advantage or the other when you're in a neutral place and you can have a conversation, the chances of you having a reasonable resolution goes up dramatically. But when other people get involved, or if you're in a place that, that is not conducive to having a conversation, you're gonna have innately some, um, some things in that situation they're gonna make conflict resolution even more challenging. So choose the neutral field, choose few spectators. That's number two. Yeah, because you know, it's tempting to get people in your camp and get people on your side and, and well-meaning people might do that, but it usually doesn't help the situation any at all. So the third commandment is to choose your confrontation time wisely. That's the, choose the occasion wisely because not all not all occasions are the same if you're already angry or you're tired or you're hungry or you're preoccupied with something else that may not be the time to try and go there and resolve that con conflict and if you're on if you're on the other side and you want to engage but it, the other person I'm, I'm not talking about procrastinating and just putting off the inevitable i'm just talking about being wise about the timing of resolving whatever it is that you're in conflict about. So that takes a lot of wisdom and knowing the other person. But I would say to try to do it within the same, within the same day that the conflict's taking place. Because sometimes when you stew on it and when you let it really simmer and marinate, Sometimes the imagination can kick in and it only gets worse. That's probably why uh, Simon Peter wrote to husbands and wives saying, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't toss and turn all night and then you're both still exhausted the next day. Go ahead and resolve that. But for the most part, choose your timing wisely. And I would say even when you're dealing with your children, you know there are going to be optimum times when they're going to be more apt to listen than at other times. And if you are angry, there are things you're apt to say that you would not mm -hmm. if you've calm, had some time to calm down. Yep. You know, as a parent, we used to count to 10 personally before we reacted to what somebody had said or done. That allowed, it, allowed us to respond rather than react. That's two entirely different mindsets. And so timing is huge. It's huge with uh, maybe even a spouse coming home from work. They get in the door and the first thing you do is you eat their lunch. Oh, bad timing, bad choice. Yeah. Because the reality is they need to get in the door, put their stuff down, maybe even go to the bathroom, who knows. But they need a little time to adjust to the environment and then address the problem that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I would say the same with friendships. I would say the same even in business. Choosing time appropriately is huge. But then the next commandment is number four, and that is address the problem, not the person. Part of our conflict many times is because we attack the person 
rather than stating the problem and dealing with the problem itself. You mm -hmm. want to talk, speak to yes, that? Yes, and number five goes along with that, really. They're, they're sort of, they sort of work in tandem with one another. So address the problem, not the person, is number four. Number five is use I statements instead of you statements. That's right. it, it may be a true statement, but it just puts the person on the defensive right away. So use, use I statements. And you may even want to think about asking questions in, instead of making dogmatic statements. Making dogmatic staccato statements, again, put a person on the defensive and they're seeing things from their perspective only. What you want is for someone to empathize and see things from your perspective. And so you may say, instead of, you always do things to hurt me, say, do you, do you realize that when you do things like that, it's hurtful to me? See, that's a, that's a completely different, it's saying about the same thing. But in one case, you're putting the person on the defensive. On another, you're hopefully allowing them to ask that, to take pause, to step back, and at least ask themselves that question. Well, no, actually, I was just thinking about how that affected me. And it's completely, it's a completely different approach when you're trying to resolve conflict with someone. Well, and another thing is assume best intent. Yeah. You know, when it comes to automatically you're assuming the worst, that will never work to your advantage. Now, it may turn out that that is correct. And if so, then deal with the problem. But don't automatically jump to the assumption that what the other person did was to hurt or offend you. Sometimes it's just miscommunication. Yeah. And so, you know, something, let's just say something happened at work. You can say, I know you probably did not mean to da 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 da, -da but I've really struggled today because I felt like, and then you put the problem there. Don't say, you hurt my feelings when you did that attacks them hmm. that doesn't it does not solve the problem and then like Les said it automatically makes you defensive and so automatically that person is like hold on sister whoa now you know because I didn't mean you know and so as you're discussing a problem you also may want to think of some solutions rather than constantly the problem at hand and so, you know, it's a dialogue, it's not a monologue. And that is a huge part of that, of solving the problem. Yeah, and some of it comes down to whether you want to make a point or make a difference. That's right. Because you're, you're probably sharp enough, maybe, you're, maybe your tongue, like my, my tongue can be pretty sharp. And sometimes when I enter into some sort of a disagreement, I want to win. It's not about winning. It's about harmony. It's about unity. It's about love, which really brings us to the next one. Which one are we on? Six? Well, hold on before we okay. do. You know that illustration you tell about that skunk? Yeah. Like a bulldog can, can whip a skunk anytime he chooses to, but it's really not worth the price. That's a stinky yeah. situation. Yeah. I mean, there, there are consequences. To that's that. right. That's and, uh, right. And I, I'm afraid there are a lot of situations where you could whoop it, but yeah. not sure that that's really worth mm -hmm. the stink that it's fixing mm -hmm. to make a mess. And that's probably why the Apostle Paul addressed pride in the mm -hmm. part of that verse too. Don't be haughty, um, but but humble ourselves. And that 
is a good lead into the next. So number six is um, when you are wrong, hey, ask for forgiveness. And I would just add the sooner, the better. Chances are, in our spirit, even if we try to justify or rationalize, we know when we've blown it. We know when we've done wrong. This doesn't mean just to roll over to keep peace, because that can, that can also create a spirit of resentment. But certainly, if you've done something wrong, if you've said something out of line, or if it's just for your part of it, ask for forgiveness. And if someone asks for forgiveness from you, um, I know you want to remain humble, but don't try to talk them out of it. Don't say, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's all right. Look, they know what's in their own heart. And so if you were wrong about something, you can ask for forgiveness in kind. But if not, just say, thank you, I forgive you. I love you. Let's move on. And that's it. That's right. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about what true love is. And love, it says in those scriptures, it doesn't keep a record of wrong. It does forgive. And when you start looking at what love, true love, and as believers, if we're to truly love one another, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, if we truly develop that type of love, then you know what? Number seven is true. And it is you choose to forgive even if they never ask. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's huge because right. what happens is as the enemy plants that seed of bitterness within you, then the one it really makes sick is you. And so instead of holding that grudge or holding that anxiety or holding that um, just the bitterness within you, just let it go. Let it go even if they never ask. Because the reality is holding a grudge, holding those things within, or even trying to take revenge, it, 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 it's a sin matter for you, mm-hmm. not for them. Mm-hmm. Now, what they did was wrong, and that does not, um, you know, say what they did is okay. It doesn't pardon that. That's right. It just says, I'm going to let God deal with you. That's right. And I'm not going to. That's right. And if you continue to read in chapter 12... It'll give you the rest of it that tells us, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And we've got to leave room for, and I love this part of it, the wrath of God. That's right. And his wrath is much better than mine would ever be. Hmm. Oh, yours can be pretty strong. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, remember this, holding holding, uh, or harboring resentment in your heart will eat you alive from the inside out. I heard somebody compare it one time to uh, comparing resenting someone and holding bitterness in your heart against someone. Like It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm-hmm. Poison will eat you up, and so will the poison of a bitter spirit and a hardened or un- an unforgiving spirit too. So that leads us to the next one. Paul said, as far as it's possible with you, be at peace with all people. So number eight is uh, know that there are some people that your personality is just always going to collide with theirs. You can still do the best that you can. You certainly don't want to hate anyone in your heart. But there's just some people that you have to kind of give either a wide berth to or try to insulate yourself somewhat or just know... Think of it this way, uh, EGR, 
extra grace required. Because some people just are going to require a little bit more grace from you. Well, and then number nine is to keep a short account of wrongs and don't get historical. I said that correctly. Not hysterical, but historical. That's right. Because so many times, instead of, like we said in chapter 13, where it tells us not to keep that record of wrongs, we have allowed that to stay within our hearts so when something else happens all of a sudden we're pulling way back to all that other stuff that they did and now we're getting historical we're pulling back up all that other yuck and what the lord is telling us is let it go matter of fact disney tells us that too you know well that's a whole nother thing <laughs> let it go anyway you tell we have grandchildren yeah, but yes. as you let those things go then don't try to pull it all back up again. Let those things of the past go and know that the Father honors your, um, your choice to stay in this problem in this moment, yeah. and he will give you the grace to handle it. That's right. Sometimes Paige and I use the example of the, uh, the title of the book, you know, that women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles, because and this, that's, those are general statements, so not always true, but... On the whole, men have a tendency to be able to, and some people have a tendency to be able to compartmentalize things. So if your best friend or your husband or your wife has an ability to kind of compartmentalize life and sort of uh, separate one event or one thing from another, good for them. But you may not be. So you might be the kind of person that it's all tied together. Like you move one piece of spaghetti and several more move. So if that's the case, then you may have to just kind of peel back some layers until you get to the real issue. For example, it ties into what Paige was saying about not getting historical. Because um, one person may tell the other that something is completely forgiven. But the very next time something comes up, then you go right back to it. It's just like the other day when... And you may say, but I thought we for, I thought that was over. I thought you said I was forgiven. Well, I did, but it's just like that. That's, that's the kind of thing that Paige is talking about, of not getting historical. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Aren't we glad that when God forgives us, it really is forgiven? And he separates it as far as the, the, that sin is, as far as the east is from the west, to remember it no more. Want to do number 10? Number 10. Choose to love them anyway. That's right. <laughs> That's just bottom line. That's a choice you can make. You know, make. it is a choice you make. Yeah. You know, um, love's not just a, a feeling or an emotion. No, it is it's not. an action. It is absolutely an action. Yeah. And if you're going to walk right with God, then to love them is not. It, you, it's not an option not to love them. Yeah. So, if you if you need some encouragement, here it is. Think of how God loved you yeah. with all of your imperfections. That's right. If you can get that, get past that, then you can love them in their imperfections mm -hmm. and their wrongness and their lack of, of compassion or whatever it is. You can love them anyway. Now, granted, you don't have to trust them or bring them right. into your... Um, intimate group of, of relationship. And especially when there's been harm and abuse involved. Yes. We're not talking about giving somebody a pass and completely trusting them again, not at all. 
No, but we're choosing to love them like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Mm -hmm. um, and in a husband and wife relationship, that is huge. In a parent-child relationship, there are a lot of things that happen in families that can separate families, especially as adults. Mm -hmm. Oh, my word. Yeah. People act like crazy people when, when folks die and then, you know, they're fighting over the stuff and all that type of stuff. Look, love it. Love them enough to let go of some of that junk. Yeah. The thing is, we have to love because Christ first loved us yeah. and gave himself for us. Amen. We can love others because he's loved us. That's right. All right. Take us on home. Good deal. Well, as a result of what you've heard today, we want you to evaluate the relationships that you have that may be a little rocky right now. To, as much as it's up to you, live at peace with them. And if they never come to you to try to resolve that conflict, choose anyway to love and forgive them. Yeah. If there is a conflict you need to deal with, don't delay. Pray about it first. Ask the Father for wisdom and direction in it. But when you do address it, find that neutral field. Have few witnesses go to them personally deal with the problem and don't be accusatory assume best intent and as you walk through the conflict resolution love them enough sometimes love them enough sometimes just to remain completely silent yeah uh, one of my favorite scriptures is job 13 5 and That's sometimes you just need to shut up and let that be your wisdom. There you go. And sometimes they do. There so um, just like Job's friends, if they would have just remained completely silent, that would have been the wisest thing they could do. Hmm. There are going to be some times that it's just not the hill to die on. There you go. So hopefully this has been encouraging to you, yeah. and hopefully you're going to have a much peace, more peaceful conflict re resolution with the relationships in your life. There you go. Hope it's been a good ministry to you. There you go. And if you see any of our grandchildren, don't tell them that Paige said shut up. Oh, no, don't say that. Because we don't say that word at our house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And one more time, the episode has been brought to you by Your Story and His Story. If you want to join us on that journey, then find the link down here and, uh, and go there, and that'll give you some instructions. Thank you so much for spending these minutes, a few minutes with us, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.